0: down out there. Uh, shit, how do I even start this? Um, uh. Mr. Henderson was a cantankerous old man, almost like a cartoon character. Uh, if you've ever watched Courage the Cowardly Dog, just uh, think about Eustace. Mr. Henderson was almost exactly like Eustace, except he treated everybody like Courage. He treated everybody like garbage. If you closed your door too loudly in the morning, you can bet he'd be on your doorstop that afternoon to talk to you about it. Nobody liked him, least of all his neighbors. My parents had to find different jobs, and one of my mom's friends suggested we move to this area. She said it was safe, and there were great schools in the area populated exclusively by the salt of the earth. We found a house close to my mom's friend, but unfortunately it was the house directly in front of Mr. Henderson's. We got a few visitors the first day we moved in, a bunch of neighbors wanting to welcome us to the neighborhood. We had a lot of trash moving in and stuff, but we put it on the porch so the inside of the house could be clean at least. We decided it would help us feel more at home. We put the trash outside, and literally less than five minutes later, we heard a loud knocking at the front door. My mom opened it, and Mr. Henderson was yelling at her before she could even say hello. He was screaming about the trash and how it affected property values, like every house in the suburb was worth a couple grand less because of some cardboard boxes we left outside the house. He finally let up after a couple of minutes and we told him we'd take care of it. My mom can be kind of confrontational, but I guess she decided it wasn't really worth it because we just moved to the garage. School started two weeks after we moved in. I got my schedule and saw George A. Henderson next to the history class. I considered going to the principal's office to ask for a schedule change, but I honestly didn't think I would have any luck. Uh, I found a seat in the back and I sunk into it as much as I could, trying to disappear as much as possible. Mr. Henderson walked in a second before the bell rung, but he looked different than he did the other night. His face was still all wrinkled, but in a different way. Uh, His voice was identical to the voice I heard the other night, but it sounded, like, softer. It didn't take long to figure out that this was a completely different person. He was actually a really good teacher. Uh, He was really passionate about history and education, which is more than I can say about a lot of the teachers at school. I stayed after for a bit and asked him about the other Mr. Henderson. He chuckled when I told him that uh, he was my neighbor and (laughs) cackled uh, when I told him about what the other Mr. Henderson did. They were identical twins, George and Henry. I trotted a little bit when I thought about the fact that my cantankerous old neighbor's name was Henry Henderson. And Mr. Henderson laughed too, said it was probably why it was all so cranky. He told me to call him George, so I wouldn't confuse him with his brother. I told him that could never happen, and he smiled really big when I said that. It was kind of surreal seeing Mr. Henderson smile like that, even though it wasn't actually him. I was walking home from the bus stop, and I saw Mr. Henderson sitting in his porch. I waved to him, and he just scowled at me. We didn't hear too much from Mr. Henderson for a while. Uh, We were really strict about what time we put the trash out and how soon we brought the cans in. My parents were super careful when they got in their cars in the morning. That thing about him being at your door in the afternoon if you closed your door too loudly in the morning, that wasn't a random example. But we tried to stay on his good side and things were mostly fine. I was actually enjoying school. I made a few friends I hung out with after the day ended. Mr. Henderson, George's class was my favorite and I even stayed after a few times to talk to him. Probably because it was really weird seeing Mr. Henderson's face do anything besides scowl, and also because he was fun. Uh, history was never my strongest subject, but George really helped me with it. His passion went off on me, and I started enjoying it. I asked him about his relationship with his brother, and he told me that he, Mr. Henderson, was always like that. Um, but things only got worse when he got back from Vietnam. George was actually drafted, but Henry went in his place instead. Apparently George told him he didn't have to but admitted that he wasn't much of a fighter Henry insisted said that George definitely wouldn't come back from the war Henry at least stood a chance He came back like he said he would But the things he saw changed him if he was angry before he was downright hateful when he came back Swore at his parents hit his girlfriend loud drinking and didn't come back for days George always felt responsible for Henry's decline, but after a while he decided that he had done everything he could. He said it was like Henry was insistent on becoming a terrible person, so he let him be. Uh, He said he still feels bad sometimes, but he really did try to help. I was walking to the bus stop one morning, and I saw Mr. Henderson rolling his trash bin to the curb. I approached him, said good morning. Uh, He grunted, then turned to head back to his house. I called out, thank you for your service, after him. He stopped and looked back, asked me where I heard about that. I uh, said his brother had told me what had happened. Um, Mr. Anderson's face contorted in anger, and before I knew it, he was screaming at the top of his lungs. He called George a fucking pussy, a goddamn hippie, yelling yellow, good-for-nothing milk-sipping bastard. He called me a couple of names, too. Uh, his face was red, and even though I was worried he was going to pop a vessel, I was honestly kind of scared. Uh, after a couple of minutes, I just... Turned away and ran. He didn't stop screaming the entire time I was in your shot. I was in school one day in history class saying George walked in. Maybe walked is the wrong word. He swaggered in, popping a little bit with every step he took. The class, including myself, flopped at him a little, but he was completely unaffected. I asked him why he was in such a good mood, and he told us he had won the lottery. He brought a ticket on a whim using random numbers, and... Two days later he was twelve point five million dollars richer. The first thing he did, he said, was go to the closest jeweler and buy the biggest rings they had. He presented his left hand to us and on it were two big ostentatious golden rings with diamonds set around the bands. We teased him a little bit, but he didn't care. He was on Cloud9. I asked him what he would do with the rest, and surprisingly, he said the rest would go to a charity. He said he'd been making small contributions to a charity that helped veterans with PTSD since he was twenty. He said he'd been making small contributions to a charity that helped veterans with PTSD since he was 20, but with the sudden windfall, he could finally make a really big donation. He said he just wanted to get something nice for himself first. He raised his hand to his eyes and wiped some tears from his eyes. He turned his back for a couple of minutes and then started the lesson. He was happier than I'd ever seen him in the following days. He was grinning almost every second I saw him. The next Wednesday, every parent got a voicemail. It said the school was canceled for the rest of the week, but nothing else. I was sitting in history class the Monday after. A substitute teacher came in and told us all what happened. Uh, Mr. Henderson died the previous Wednesday. He was found in his car in the faculty parking lot, resting against his steering wheel. Nobody knew how long he had been there. Someone called an ambulance, but they pretty much just came to pick up the body. I was walking home that day, and I saw Mr. Henderson sitting on his porch. That was one of the only times I saw him without a scowl. He seemed almost at peace. I didn't say anything to him. The wake was a week later. I was surprised to see a packed church. Apparently George Henderson had been a great member of his community. The procession moved forward slowly. Uh, when it was my turn to the casket, I quietly thanked him for his help and his patience. I inspected his face, and he seemed peaceful. My eyes wandered to his chest where his hands were rested, one on top of the other. I chuckled when I saw his two golden rings prominently placed on his left hand. After we all sat down, the pastor asked if anyone wanted to share some memory they had with the deceased, and we were there for almost an hour listening person after person talk about how nice George was, how much of an impact he had made in their lives. I repeatedly glanced over Mr. Henderson to see if he was doing okay, and I saw him scowling, darting his eyes to either side of him seemingly annoyed by how many people were present. His eyes found mine, and his scowl grew bigger. I quickly looked away and faced forward for the rest of the ceremony. We didn't hear from Mr. Henderson for a couple of days. Then, one morning, he banged on our door, screaming about the trash cans being on the curb for too long. He gave us hell for about a week. I don't know what, but something had clearly upset him, and we were all lucky enough to be the closest outlet for it. The school had an assembly one day, and I realized why Mr. Henderson was especially cranky. A spokesperson for the charity George donated to came to the school to personally thank the principal for the $12 million donation. George had given everything to this charity and left nothing for Henry. No wonder he was so upset. I mean, as much as I didn't like Mr. Henderson, I could at least empathize with him. A lifetime as brothers, and George didn't leave him a single dime. One night, I was hanging out with some friends when they suggested we go to the cemetery. I objected, more out of respect for the dead than fear, but I'm not afraid to admit that I was definitely a little afraid, too. They talked over my objections, though, and before long we were walking through aisles of tombstones. We were just goofing off, but one of the girls shushed everybody. We ducked and listened for what she had heard. It almost sounded like crunching snow, then a heavy puff. It didn't take long to realize we were hearing someone dig up a grave. A couple of my friends left immediately, and I was ready to follow until... I realized we were near Mr. Henderson's grave. I told my friends, the ones that were still there, but they eventually left too. I was too curious to let it go, so I ducked and crept slowly towards the sound. Mr. Henderson's plot was on the base of a hill, uh, in the shadow of a tree that was growing at the top. I made my way up the other side of the hill, and crouched behind the tree, too afraid to take a peek at what was happening at the base. I heard some grumbling, but the noise was unmistakably the sound of a shovel sinking into the ground and dirt falling to the side. The voice was Mr. Henderson's, without a doubt. He was muttering to himself, too low for me to make out what he was saying. After a couple of minutes, I heard the shovel hit something hard. Mr. Henderson cried out in excitement. He picked his pace up and threw the shovel to the side soon after. He was whispering to himself excitedly. Then he stopped. It sounded like he was talking to someone, but I couldn't hear any other voice. He stopped talking. My curiosity got the best of me, and I started inching my head outside of cover, desperate to see what was happening. I froze when Mr. Henderson started screaming. It was unlike the other times, though. I couldn't tell if it was screaming in pain or fear, but I knew I didn't want to find out. Scrambled to my feet, and I sprinted towards where we had parked. It felt like I was running for miles, but eventually I saw the headlights of a beat-up 2007 Corolla. I jumped into the backseat, and I told my friend to get us the fuck out of there. We pulled into some fast food place and sat in silence, processing what we'd heard. We agreed not to tell anybody about it. I don't know if they heard the screams, too, but I didn't ask. We had another assembly a couple of days later. The principal told us that someone had desecrated Mr. Henderson's grave. She gave us all a flyer with some number we could call with an anonymous tip. My friends and I all threw our flyers in the trash. We didn't want to be involved at all. I was walking home from the bus stop and I saw Mr. Henderson sitting on his porch. But he looked different. His skin seemed a little saggy, almost like it was draped over his bones. Weirder than that though he was smiling. For the first time since I'd seen him, Henry Henderson was smiling. The next morning, I stepped out of my house and I saw Mr. Henderson in a tank top and shorts, putting his bin on the curb. I cautiously waved to him and almost gasped when he waved back. He waited until I reached the end of the driveway and greeted me. I don't think I ever told him my name though. I told him that and he just said, we're neighbors, aren't we? He had his hand on the bin while we were talking and I saw two big golden rings with diamonds set around the band. They seemed identical to the ones George had on his hand the day after he won the lottery. I must have looked at them for too long. Henry followed my gaze and suddenly pulled his hands behind his back. He said that his brother, George, had given him those rings before he had died. I forced myself to chuckle and said something about how charitable he was. I cut the interaction short and started walking away when he stopped me. I know you were there that night, he said suddenly. I think it's best you keep whatever you heard to yourself. I looked at him, nervous. He said we could keep each other's secrets, and I agreed, He just said, good. He turned to his house and started shambling forward, his skin swaying slightly against the strain. My eyes fell on his back, and I wish I had just turned around and left. Then, maybe I wouldn't have seen the giant jagged scar running from the base of his neck down his back two scars running from above his knees down to his heels. He turned to me again, and he smiled from ear to ear. You have a good day at school, he said. I haven't talked to him since.